folks back here with uh, representative steve thompson the majority leader in the house how you doing steve i'm doing well so far so good i'm, I'm wishing we'd get out of here and get to go home this is, <laughs> this is july what's today here july 23rd yeah still here in juno we're part-time legislators remember that's what they say quote unquote you know citizen part-time right um so you've been here what 10 years almost uh in in the legislature yeah this is uh, my ninth year so you were you were here in 2017 when they had the, the other, endless sessions for a yes. couple, couple hundred days, right? Well, yes, I was. I was in Australia then. I know. I followed you on Facebook. I saw your pictures from there. It was more fun there, I think, than being uh, there. Definitely. So you uh, you represent Fairbanks. Yes. And before you were in the legislature, you were the mayor, right? Yes, I was a city mayor from 2001 to 2007. That's a, like Anchorage, a two-term limit. Yeah, everything's a two-term limit on that. Yes. So uh, let's go back a little further. You, you're from Fairbanks or you're from? No, I'm actually from uh, Oregon. Uh, I was in the Army from 1965 to 1967 uh, at Fort Wainwright. And I got out of the Army in 1967 and liked it in Fairbanks. And it was a small town. That was before oil. And I uh, was going to stay for a couple of years. And I'm still there. So, so wow, 50, 54 years later or so, I'm I'm still loving Alaska. What was Fairbanks like in the 60s? Was It must have been just really even colder, I bet, huh? Well, yeah, I think that we actually did have colder weather. Uh, there'd be 50 below a big week or two at a time, a couple of times during the winter. And we haven't hit 50 below now for a few years. So you must have been in your, what, 20s then? Yes, I was. I was in my 20s. Uh, uh, and it was uh, a different different atmosphere the state was so, totally different so we had a, we had an income tax and was it like vietnam or alaska or was it- <laughs> yeah i i all my uh, high school buddies that uh, ended up in the military uh, ended up going to vietnam and uh, i ended up going to fort wainwright so when you heard you were going to alaska fort fairbanks were you like whoa what? well that was different but i was excited about it yes and you just like many people you came to you came and stayed yeah a lot of people in Fairbanks uh, got there in the military and stayed. So what you uh, what you do? I know you had some auto you had some auto stores, right? Auto yes. Parts. Uh, when I got out of the army in 1967, I, I was my dad had had auto parts stores in Las, in Oregon, so I had was raised basically in an auto parts store. So when I got out, I uh, I went to work for M and O Auto Parts, which was Mackey and Olson. It was a, a store that was started back in 1946. And uh, I went to work for them in 1967. In the early 70s, uh, I became a, a part owner. I, I had stock there. And by the end of the 70s, uh, there was three of us bought out Howard Mackey, who was the only originator still there. And then uh, by the late 80s, I bought out my partners. And so uh, I was the sole owner for quite a few years. So you were, you were in Fairbanks during the big pipeline boom oh yes and oh, it was amazing what i've heard i've read books and heard stories i mean i've heard just i mean just the drugs and money and oh there was a lot of money and a lot of money and what's uh, that book johnny's girl is that i don't remember about, but yeah it was it was uh, crazy i mean all the all the pipeline workers were for texas and oklahoma 
and so the uh, the prostitutes all showed up in town there, and they a... were on every street and they had on little cowboy cowgirl outfits and everything and and uh, it was two weeks on and two weeks off so the pipeline workers would uh, hit town and uh, have a huge amount of money and then they'd spend it all and uh, <laughs> back to work on this slope yeah, for another this book this thing i read um i think it was johnny's girl but it was a um daughter of a person you know per person in fairbanks and i think she was a teenager and, and part of the thing i read was it just she said one day there was all these women she never saw before and she was confused like who were and she didn't at first didn't realize what it was and then she's like oh they're you know they're they're from from the chicago and the, all these different places they come up and yeah. There were, you know, prostitutes working, and there was a oh, ton they of were, money. And they're the ones that uh, seemed to have maybe made out best and had most of the money. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they managed to uh, to fleece the pipeline workers when they'd hit town. I heard, too, gambling, even Anchorage. Gambling was big. and uh, Yeah, I heard that, too. I didn't. I don't know about the gambling side of it. I never saw any of it personally. I mean, I did a podcast a few months back with uh, Representative Bart LeBon, and yes. he was in there, too, and, and uh, he was a banker, and I... I said, you know, a lot of people made a lot of money working on the pipeline or working construction, and yeah. he said, "Well, I was uh, a banker." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was was it? It was basically the big boom was during the building of it when all the workers came up and right. And um, were you, did you do well at your store? I mean, probably oh, had a lot of customers, right? Yeah, very much so. Uh, we we uh, sold a lot of parts to the uh, Elieska pipeline uh, companies and uh, the construction companies that were building the pipeline they were all customers and so we uh, sold a lot of a lot of parts and it was uh, fun times so years later purple you know oil started flowing and then there was the recession in the mid kind of mid 80s correct did, did that hit fairbanks as bad as other parts of the I and mean, i know anchorage was hit pretty bad with the yeah housing. it did fairbanks too uh, it hit us uh, we had to uh, tighten our belt somewhat in paid the employees all every week but i didn't always pay myself because uh things had slowed down that much yeah it's like a big common issue with business people you know sometimes they, they pay themselves last the owners that's right that's that's what you end up doing so at what point did you decide i want to do politics well i sold my stores uh to what was shucks auto supply at the time and uh they uh eventually sold out and now that's that's uh, o'reilly's auto parts oh, that have oh, bought them. oh 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 right right <laughs> that's that song. but that was in the late 90 about 1999 and uh sold my stores to them and thought i had retired uh actually bought a house on a golf course in california and was going to become a snowbird and then oh, in nice. 2001 uh i got talked into running for city mayor because the city of fairbanks was having financial problems and they said we need a a business person to get in there and straighten it out. So I did that from 2001 to 2007. Were you, when you were asked to, do, were you kind of like at first grade or were you kind of like, oh, I don't know. Well, I, I was kind of shocked if you want to know the truth. They're like, what? <laughs> and uh, I had a couple of bank people uh, and a, a couple other people uh, took me to lunch and, and I figured that they probably had some investment scheme they wanted me to get into. And when they said, no, no, we need, <laughs> like we, need you to, we need you to run for city mayor and straighten out the city. And I thought about that and I thought, interesting. So had, had you have thought about politics before that or never? No, not at all. And so that was interesting and, uh, decided, okay, uh, I'm too young to retire, so I might as well do this. So that's what happened, and uh, I, I got elected. There, I think there was four people running for city mayor at the time. Was there I, an incumbent, or was it an open? 
uh, no, there was no incumbent at that time. Uh, he was termed out. And uh, oh, I don't remember all who all of them there were that, that ran. Was there like a runoff probably? or No, actually, uh, you had to have 45%, I think, uh, or there would have been a runoff. And I ended up uh, getting over that. So In a, in a four-way race? Yeah, in a four-way well, race. That's a big... Uh... It's it was a mandate. A, yeah, it was a it was a steep one. Uh, Scott Kawasaki ran against me at that time. He was on the city council. Oh wow, so he was a, pretty young then, right? He's, oh, he was still very pretty young. young right? he, was, he was in the mid twenties, I think. So yeah. wow, so you ran against he ran against you in two thousand one for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, and he's now he's here. He's in the Senate. Yes, he he was here in the House for quite a few years, and then now he's in the Senate. So. Did, do you think you're having your stores, people knew you? Did that help a little bit, or you being a background with business? Yeah, I think that was the biggest part of it. Uh, ran on that uh, principle that, you know, we need to have a business person in there, and, and uh, I was a successful businessman, so that helped. So then you did that for two terms, and then at some point... I retired again at the end of that two terms. And go and, check out the house in California. Yeah, and I was going to become a snowbird again, and... Uh, the last year that I was city mayor, my wife passed away from cancer. Um, sorry to hear that. I heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, as things happen, uh, a couple of years later, I ended up with a beautiful wife that I love, and she loves me, and and uh, we got married. And <laughs> interestingly enough, that was in two thousand nine. My wife passed away in two thousand six, and uh, my wife's a business person as a CPA with her, she's a partner in a firm there in Fairbanks. And uh, she she actually never wanted to have any kids. She's a little younger than you, right? Yeah, 29 years younger than <laughs> A little, I little bit younger than you. Yeah. So uh, all of a sudden, a couple of years into the marriage, she said, oh my gosh, she said, uh, I'm pregnant. And like, shock. Because <laughs> my, my oldest son right now is 50. And um, my son that was born, uh, was he's just turned eight this spring, so. Got a little spread there. Big spread, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've got 10 grandchildren, and uh, my eight-year-old is their uncle. Wow. So you were you must have been in your 60s when you had the... Yes, yeah. Cause you're, how old are you? I'm uh, 74. I'll be 75 this fall. Oh, yeah. You're my, you're my dad's age. You know, you know look, see, I, I would have thought you were younger than that. Well, I feel younger. So... <laughs> So you had a kid, that's like Picasso style. He had a kid, kids in his 60s. Well, I'm having, he's going to keep me young. I am enjoying uh, this whole trip that I'm on. So that was just for you a total, I mean, that was like, whoa, it was big shocking news. Yeah, it was. Total for both of us, yes. Wow, that's, uh, I remember when I heard that years back, I said, wow, that's that guy. That's, that, guy's my, yeah. that guy's my hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, and after I would uh, got through being mayor, I was going to be a snowbird again and uh, uh, single and uh, that didn't last but very long, and I ended up with a love. And uh, so then uh, Jay Ramaris was uh, uh, about two blocks, lived about two blocks from me in Hamilton Acres. and uh, uh, The chicken wings guy, right? Yep, that was him. And he decided to run for uh, lieutenant governor. I remember that. And so I went down and talked to him and, I said, well, if you're not going to run for your seat, I said, I'm considering running because people have been talking to me and wanting me to, and I got to do something. And uh, so I, I ran and got elected to, to come down here, and that was nine years ago I got down here. So you, you first, you started kind of at the, at the 
kind of the end of the really high oil prices. But yes, there was yes. a lot of money. Back there was then. a lot of money at that time, and uh, it was you know our session would be over in ninety five days because uh, there was money, and we didn't have to fight over scraps. And compared to today, everybody's gone the opposite direction, and here we are, month seven here that we're trying to get through. So you were, uh, I guess, probably always in the majority, right? And until last... I was until uh, the last two years. Uh, I was in the minority then. But I was co-chair of finance uh, for two years, and then I was in the minority, but, but on finance. And then uh, this year we had a hard time getting organized, and it came down to we've got to get organized. We're 30 days into this session, and we can't do any business until we get organized. So we came together and uh, formed a coalition that uh, so we could move forward. So that was you... At the time, she's gone now, but Tammy Wilson, yeah. Representative um, Wilson, Representative Cop, uh, Representative Johnston, Representative LeBond. Right. Um, I think there was... And then other Republicans, uh, Louise Stutes. Right, Stute, yeah, Stutes, and then Gep, Representative Ledoux. And, and, she, and Ledoux was in there for a while, yeah. She, she had that budget vote she made. So you guys, now it's 2023, 20, but from, from my kind of viewing it from the outside, you guys are even though you're not like 28 or in the past 30, sometimes they had these big majorities. You guys are a pretty uh, tight group. I mean, you guys seem to be pretty much aligned Very much. with each other. I, I've, uh, I've been impressed at the way that we've stuck together and uh, have uh, same end results in mind, and uh, we've, we've stuck together real well. Has it been hard with, you know, sometimes you have, in the group, you have people that are very kind of democratic, some very Republican personalities. Has that been challenging? We, yeah, it has been, but uh, we've always worked through it and uh, stayed together. But yeah, we do have uh, two two ends of this bookends that we've got here that are strong Democrat beliefs and then strong Republican beliefs, and and uh, in between uh, we seem to come together. So you, you've been here almost ten years, and you were you were mayor, so you've been around for a while in politics. Yes. You, do you think what's going? I mean, what's going on now? It seems really, it just seems pretty bad. I mean, people are a lot of fighting and, and name calling and accusations. Uh, that's really unfortunate. I, I really don't like that at all. I don't like uh, uh, the the dissension that's happened in the state, and uh, we, we, we I've never seen anything like this. I mean, to where we're so far apart. But right now, uh, we're working today trying to get uh, everybody to compromise some, and I think we're in the process of heading in that direction finally to where we can work together. The thing we got to remember is that uh, we're going to be doing this all over again next year. Yeah, an election year. Yeah, and it's an election year, so there's going to be some uh, pretty hard-nosed uh, ideas as far as how to get through this year without having it mess up next year. So, you know, when Bill, Bill Walker was governor, there was some tension with the legislature as well. Yes. Do, do, you, do, do you think it was, do you think it's worse now or do you think it's the same or is it different? I think it's worse now. I really do. Some of the stuff I see uh, you know, on social media, I mean, social media is so, so great in so many ways. It connects people, and, but other ways it's real, real bad. Yeah, I cannot believe the divide in the state right now. That's, that's what's kind of disheartening too. What have you been hearing from, from your, I'm sure you're hearing from your constituents like everybody else. What are you hearing when it comes to dividend and budget? And uh, I'm a very conservative side of Fairbanks, uh, the Hamilton Acres, Shannon Park, uh, Island Home area. And uh, they've been pretty much way the majority saying, you know, uh, we can't have this deep of cuts in the budget. 
Uh, it's going to devastate the economy and take part of my PFD or the whole thing if you need to to get get us through this. So my direct constituents have been pretty pretty solidly uh, uh, conservative, if you want to call it that, but at the same time saying, you know, we can't reduce the budget this much all in one year. Have you have you gotten any of the kind of nasty stuff some other legislators have got? A few, not not bad, but a few, yes. Some some have gotten some really horrible yeah, <laughs> voicemails I, and emails. And yes, there have been a few of those. It was um, I did a podcast with uh, no, I was I was just talking to him actually. We were chatting a couple of days ago, and Bert Stedman was, was telling me, um, you know, if you want me to read your letter, don't start off by calling me an sob. Yeah, exactly. Because I won't read anymore. Yeah, I haven't really got them that bad. So. You've been here, what, since your 10th year? I mean, are you thinking of running again, or do you have undecided? Remains to be seen yet. I'm, I'm looking at it, and uh, I want to make sure the state is successful and moves forward. And so I don't want to see us go uh, bad the other direction. So I'm keeping my options open right now. So do, do you, what are your thoughts? Do you think the governor is going to back off this $3,000 dividend idea, or is that? He doesn't seem to be at all, and uh, we're trying to compromise with him. Uh we're, we're talking with his people a lot, so we're we're trying to make some progress there, and uh, we'll see how it comes out here in the next few days because I think we need to get this resolved. This yesterday was pretty wild. That capital budget vote and reversing that sweep was twenty nine. You know, it was really. Yep. I noticed when when Speaker Edgman said any member wish to reconsider their vote, you know, they, normally that's a one or two second thing, but he waited maybe. 10 seconds, you know, a little longer yeah. just to yeah. see if given, anybody... Given the opportunity, giving them the opportunity to, to look at what they're doing. So there's one more chance to do a re- rescinding action. That's correct. And and if that doesn't work out, then, that, then that's over. Yeah. you got to start from scratch. Right on. And that's what's scary. We've got to get the... You know, we're going to lose federal dollars. Uh, there's a deadline as to when we have to have that funded in order to... to uh, qualify for getting you know 900 million darn near a billion dollars in federal uh, match money yeah and i have friends who work in construction and and they're, they're you know they, they know i kind of pay attention to this stuff and they're asking me like what's going on you know this is going to affect our business and yes our, our employees are going to you know be out of work yeah some i saw some figures put out there i think it was by associated general contractors and some of those groups they said that uh, uh failure to get this uh, capital budget across could cost the state as much as fifteen thousand jobs yeah, no, they, they actually have an ad on my website right Do now say, saying, you know, pass the capital budget. Yeah. This is, you know, time, time's, time's, time's up. Yes. So as a majority leader, you uh, you have quite a few responsibilities every day when there's a floor session. You have to, you basically carry the motions. And Correct. So is that, how much more work is that than, let's say, being co-chair of finance committee? I think co-chair of finance was a much, much busier and a much harder job. Uh, this is like herding cats right now. If you want to know the <laughs> truth, trying to make sure that we've got them all here, that we have a, <clears throat> have the numbers on the floor, you know, the members there, and we we try to get it to where that okay. I know you're supposed to go to a class reunion or a, a family reunion in the lower 48, but you can't because we need you here. You're elected to come down here, and uh, your your job's here, and we've got to get this done. So if you're not here, it's just going to mess it up, and we'll be here even longer. So do you like being majority leader? I mean, that's kind because of, you, you originally you were, when they organized, you were going to be rules chair, I think, right? Yeah, and uh, I talked with Chuck Cop, who's uh, very sharp on on all the rules books and everything, more so than I am. Yeah, like, he's too. a rule of law guy. He's a former cop, right? So uh, we talked about it and decided, you know, he would, I 
told him, you would make a much better uh, rules chair. And it comes consequently, I ended up as a majority leader. So you're enjoying that? You're uh, you're on gavel quite a bit. You're you're the. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't mind it. It doesn't doesn't uh, shake me up any any. So, assuming this thing gets to re- resolved pretty soon, I mean, I guess August eighth is when the session, second session, is supposed to end, right? Correct, and I think we'll be done long before then, though. So, assuming that gets resolved and the permanent fund, I don't know if that's gonna get. I have no idea what's gonna happen with that. But next session, we talked earlier. It's an election year. Right. Unless there's a structural change to the dividend formula. Which could come about yet this fall. Which I've heard maybe there's a, if there's a deal, maybe November they come back and work that, something out. That's a possibility. There's a lot of possibilities out there right now, though, as far as trying to uh, to get agreement with, with the governor's office and, and the governor uh, to move forward with this. Uh, you know, we, we pass uh, the, the, some vetoes overrides on the on the operating budget uh we if we pass that and send it to the governor he can go back through and line item veto those items back out of it again so i don't know what that where, so those are where we're headed. basically new appropriations or new, new new funding bills to fund some of the things that were vetoed yeah that's house bill 2001 is what we're working on right now and that's being heard and that's was introduced yep. to the floor it, yesterday right yes it was and uh it'll be a if we can get right now, there's there's meetings going on trying to reach some compromises with the uh, majority and minority people, and uh, we go back to the floor. It'll be in second reading, and there's a there's I think there's quite a few amendments already been drafted, so we'll end up going through that process of uh, amendments. I'm gonna go on a on a limb here and say there's gonna be a full PFD amendment. <laughs> oh yeah, we're sure that there will be one of those, and uh, uh, I don't think that will pass. I I, I just you know that that would pull way too much money out of our savings totally, and so I don't think there's enough votes to uh, to get a full three thousand dollar PFD I just, across. A, I just did a podcast with David Teal earlier before this yep. one, and yep. he was saying that some of his counterparts in other states they just think this is insane. They, yeah, that we have all this money and we have no taxes and we're giving out money. Right, and and he said at one point states um, they want to have a threshold of five percent. Uh, Draw is, 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 on is, the earnings. Well, no, no, five percent savings. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, of the budget is a, is a good way to be. Yes. Um, and at one point, we had three hundred percent savings. So he said we had all that money saved up. So he said during the discussions, they would just remove Alaska from the discussions and those meetings because with these national meetings with these other folks in these states, because um, if we include Alaska, we'd have like half of all the savings of all the states. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when we had all that money in the yeah. the CBR permanent fund and. So, you know, you've been here a while, and, and I'm, this is my first, last session was my first one being here and observing it. There was a lot of new people, a lot of freshmen. There and, was. There's like 25% of the uh, yeah. of turnover in the in the numbers. And and typically there's new people, but it's it's never that much. Um, do you think that has a role in some of all, because new people have never been around this, and they, they, they see this whole 30-day organizational stuff as maybe the normal. That's the normal for them, and... They, yeah, they they uh, haven't been here, and uh, it's a learning process. I, I I felt like you know the first year that you're a legislator is a learning year, but uh, they were thrown right into the fire uh, coming in as with that many people. Uh, they had to jump right in and and the steep learning curve, and some of them uh, you know picked right up on it. Others are still struggling with this mess that we're in, 
and they they don't realize that this isn't the norm. Right. So next year, I mean, with with what's going on, I think there's going to be some people who just aren't going to run. I've been hearing folks say, I don't want to, this is too stressful. I mean, I've been here a long time. Other people could get beat. So, I mean, you True. could have another scenario where you have even more new people. That very big scenario for, that probably is going to see a lot of that next year. How important is, is you know institutional knowledge and people who have been around a long time, how important is that? for a successful legislature? I think it's very important. You know, uh, they come up with a, an idea. Well, we tried that seven years ago and we tried it four years ago. And uh, this is why it didn't, it isn't a vi- viable thing. So, you know, that institutional knowledge and, and having been here uh, is very important. And uh, those people that have been here, we try to explain to the new people sometimes and and uh, they shake their head and don't understand it. But it's it's uh, one of the things that I think is is important. I don't think we need to be here too many years. I think some of our legislators have been here too many years. Uh, and how many is too many? Do we need term limits in the state, maybe? That's a possibility of something to come up in the future. I've always kind of just thought, you know, 10 years to me is, if, if you know, after 10 years, if you can't, there's people, people have been here for 30 years, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, of, but they they are very knowledgeable and uh, have that institutional knowledge and uh, are a big part of, uh, of uh, the success of the state. I did a podcast uh, a few weeks ago in Anchorage with Johnny Ellis. Oh, yes. He, he had some stories. Oh, yes, he has. He's got, he was elected in the 80s. You know, he was yeah. a 30-year guy, and he was talking about, you know, these governors he served under and how, Mm-hmm. Just different challenges and how you know some, sometimes it's great there's money everywhere and then sometimes it's really yeah. hard and people fight and it's, um, oh yeah whenever there's a shortage of money there's always a, a fight do you, do you think you were mayor for six years so you had worked with the assembly and you had been kind of in the executive was that a big help when you got elected to the legislature yeah it was uh, also an eye-opener to come down here uh, the Fairbanks city mayor is a what's called a strong mayor position uh, it's like being elected city manager because the city didn't have a city manager. The, the mayor is it. And so it was a 24 hours a day, seven day a week job. Uh, I'd get called at two, three o'clock in the morning from the fire de- or from the police department saying, hey, we just shot somebody. And so I'd have to go deal with that. And, you know, it was it was a it was a challenge. But at the same time, I wrote the budget. I enforced the budget. All 220 employees that worked directly for me as a city mayor and uh so it, it was a very strong mayor position i come down here and i'm uh, one of 60 or call it 61 because you got the governor as as a veto person <clears throat> so i'm one of 61 people that uh, are trying to guide the state and make make policy so it's quite quite different to be down here doing this i can't imagine what it's like in washington dc oh, well, with hundreds and hundreds and- 535, you know, 435 in the House and yep. 100 senators. Yeah, so I can't imagine. <laughs> Could you imagine their caucus meeting in the Congress when they have hundreds of people in their oh man, yeah, in their caucus? No I, thanks. Imagine being that majority leader. No, we're hurting cats. Yeah, exactly. Well, what was so you were mayor for six years? Does do you have anything stick out as one? You said you get calls in the middle of the night. Does anything stick out as? Did anything really crazy happen when you were mayor? Like any maybe. Like an earthquake. Type well, we thing, went or? through some scenarios of uh, of uh, Murkowski was the governor then, and uh, our calendar year for the city was January first 
to December 31st. So uh, Gary Wilkin, uh, Gene Terrio were senators down here at the time, and uh, revenue sharing was, was a pretty good-sized chunk of money back in those days. And uh, so I had talked with them, and they said, don't worry, you're going to have uh, $2.8 million coming to the city as revenue sharing. Well, our budget was $28 million. So 10%. So it was 10%. And in the June 30th, halfway through the city's year, six months in, uh, Murkowski vetoed the revenue sharing, which was 10% of my budget, and oh. we're already six, six months in. He vetoed the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Wow. So that was a heavy hit to the city halfway through our year. So I ended up uh, having to go to the, the unions and say, hey, guys, you got to help me out. Uh, we got to get through the rest of this year, and then we'll figure out what to do then. And uh, they didn't want to cooperate. They said no. So I talked with the city attorneys and, and said, okay, what can we do? And they said, well, uh, we're one of only a very – few states that can break a union contract financial problems oh wow so i said okay here's the deal uh we're paying 100 percent of everybody's insurance for them and their family and i said we can't afford that uh made it to where every employee had to pay 150 dollars a month towards their medical insurance three lawsuits later uh because they, they everybody fought it and the unions fought it and three lawsuits later, uh, we were successful in getting to where we were. Then the unions and us and myself sat down and we, we negotiated again and came back uh, the following year with, with uh, they agreed to pay part of their health insurance. So, so they, And I mean, then the unions and I became friends and uh, they've supported me uh, with donations to, to be a legislator down here. So they didn't, I mean, it seems like if they veto that too, if Governor Murkowski vetoed that money. I mean, they yeah. They would almost. It's almost your hands are tied, right? They would have to. Right. But it went to the courts. Yeah, I laid off people too. I mean, through that process, we laid off the. Did, did the, Murkowski veto money for other cities and revenue sharing? So it wasn't just you guys were targeted. It was everybody. No, it wasn't just targeted. It was uh, all revenue sharing for all communities, and it was uh, it was tough on everybody in the state. Well, it says a lot if you can go from being sued by these folks to working with these folks and then correct. Getting, that says a lot about about you or anybody that can do that it's a good politician huh <laughs> well i don't know i they just try to be reasonable you know well representative thompson uh, it's been a great podcast learn, podcast learned a, lot, learned a lot about you i didn't yeah thank you didn't um i guess i realized you were you were in fairbanks i just didn't realize during yeah, the got pipeline the, boom that's a great that's a i wish i was around back then that was three of my four older kids graduated from uaf are they still in alaska uh one of them uh, was an engineering degree uh, is now in Guam running a, a engineering firm over there, which is uh, Kaufman Engineering out of Anchorage. Oh yeah, I know Kaufman. Yeah, that, he's a, my son's a vice president. They they talked him into going over there. So four, his wife and four of my grandchildren live over in Guam. I've gone over and visited with them. Interesting place. And the uh, weather. The weather's about like Hawaii, actually. Yeah. yeah. Were, were they there during the whole North Korea stuff when they were gonna? Hit Guam, remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that they didn't seem very worried about it. <laughs> My friend, I grew up with a guy in New Mexico from Guam. His mom was from Guam. His dad was in the military. Okay. He was born there. And uh, he always talked, he loved it. Birds and all yeah. the animals. I've got a daughter who lives in Gunnison, Colorado. Uh, she has a... Well, that's where the uh, National um, Freestyle Ski Championships are. Right, yeah. yeah. Good skiing there. Yeah, very much. And uh, she has two children there. And uh, I've got two other sons uh, the other two sons uh, live in Fairbanks 
One works for the borough, and the other uh, owns uh, an ing- or electrical firm there in Fairbanks, Star Electric. So it sounds like uh, pretty successful kids. Yeah, they've been really great. I'm so proud of them, yes. And you got the little one. And then I got the little one, and I've got uh, 10 grandkids that are scattered around between Guam and, and Colorado and Fairbanks. I got uh, two granddaughters that are in college, and uh, well, one of them is in college right now. The other one is, yeah, she's headed to college now. In Alaska or some, somewhere else? Yeah, Fairbanks. And uh, so you, you, I'm just guessing one more thing. You're probably pretty concerned about the cuts to the UAF. It sounds like Absolutely. you have a long history. Of- yeah, I've, I've always held it. You know, the university is so important to the state. Yeah, that's our future, basically. And uh, well, my one granddaughter is uh, really upset because she worked her butt off for four years of high school and got her grade point way up there and got good grades on the SAT and ACT test, has a scho- has the uh, uh, performance scholarship. She'd be going into her sophomore year this year, and she said, this makes it really tough. So she got she got the letter? Yeah, a lot of she people did. Got, yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm hopeful, I guess, a little bit that even though it's very tense right now and a lot of tension. I'm hoping they can get things figured out here in the next week or two. Oh, that's that's so important. Yeah, there's so many things uh, that we have to do. Uh, the power cost equalization uh, fund, uh, uh, that's huge for the, for the state. It's just, uh, what's at stake? You know, it's billions of construction money and right. power cost fund and yep. scholarships. And um, I was just talking to David Teal in, in, uh, in 2003. The sim- similar thing happened with a sweep issue, and it wasn't reversed until January of the next year. But back they, then there wasn't the same stuff at stake right we didn't have power cost equalization fund we didn't have the higher education fund back then well representative thompson i know you're busy i guess you guys are probably going back to the floor at some point today so yeah we sh- should be I, I need to get in there to a meeting right now they, they, they won't go anywhere without you right they need the majority well yeah they can't <laughs> Pretty amazing. Rep- representative thompson i appreciate you doing this and um it's always been good getting to know you over the last several months and yes love the suits the, the black suit you always wear well man, thanks man thanks. in black <laughs> well, well um, I, I sometimes have a black shirt too. i know i the first day i think when they organized you had the yep. black shirt and i yep. took a picture of you bolo tie and yeah like johnny cash yeah well thanks again representative thompson appreciate it and good luck good luck today and this week thank you jeff all right folks uh, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast with me let me know and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time Landline.